and uh, go to verse 22 and 23. Be praying for this um, ministry. Pray for the football team. The first game is Thursday night. Uh, So let's be praying for them. And it's an awesome privilege to get to know the team and to be able to preach the word to them, pray for them. Uh, Every time I'm there, they're saying, are you going to talk again? Are you going to talk again? I'm like, no, not today, not today. Um, But a number of them at the last practice I was at, they said, well, afterwards, can you stick around and can you pray with me? And ever since uh, we've had our first initial devotion Bible study after each practice I'm at, I have different ones say, can you come and pray with me? And so we'll stick around and, we'll, and I'll pray with them and pray for them specifically. So God is at work. He really is. God is at work. And I'd love to see this in the high schools, middle schools, and of course there at the college. Uh, and so this is just the beginning of, of what God is doing. Galatians 5, and 23. We're looking at being filled with the Spirit. When we have God's Spirit dwelling within us, what does that look like? And I won't have time to really uh, review much, but let's look at this passage. Notice what Paul says. He says, but the fruit or the manifestation of the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, is what? It's love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness. We're going to look at this one today. Okay, goodness. We're going to focus on that one for just a few minutes. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And listen to these words, against such there is no law. I've always wondered what those words meant. And I have an idea of what those words mean. Um, and I pray that I'm right. Uh, I'm rarely ever wrong. Um, <laughs> at least that's what I tell myself. Um, I'm rarely ever wrong. Uh, but uh, what do those words mean? And that, that will be tied into what we're going to speak about for a few moments. Lord, I pray you would... Continue to bless uh, Megan, Lord, and all the work that she's doing, uh, Lord, not only at the, at the college and with the athletics there, but in our community. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is at work, Lord, and that, that uh, the gospel is, is, is being presented, Lord, all through this community, and many are coming to know you, and many are learning of you, and in, in, in coming to Bible studies and praying and seeking God. It was so awesome two weeks ago to have uh, a number of athletes say that they've never, ever prayed before, that they've never uh, prayed out loud and prayed in a group, and to have two of our college guys pray for the first time and call out to you how awesome that is. And Lord, we pray that many more, many more will come to know you and call upon you and, and come to the reality that you are real, to truly experience you in an intimate way. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that your Holy Spirit was given and sent to us to equip us, to empower us, to live the, the Christian life. And so may we walk in the Spirit, Lord. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would have liberty today. In the very few moments that we have, Lord, I pray that your word would speak so clearly to us, that we would be good, Lord, that we would be kind, and that we would be loving, and that when people see us, that would be our reputation. So we pray you bless your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so the Bible says 
If you're filled with the Spirit, there's a number of things or ways will be manifested. And I want you to notice uh, the one that we're going to look at is goodness today, just for a few moments. If you were to look at the definition of goodness, or if you were to look into the Greek language, because sometimes the Greek language is a little stronger, um, because sometimes it's hard when you, when you translate, and you go from one language to the other. But the word goodness in the Greek language means this, a brightness of heart and life. A brightness of heart and life. And life, meaning that uh, not only will be, you know, some will say, well, they have a good heart. How many of you have ever known people like that? You know, they have a good heart. Um, or have you ever heard people say they have a servant's heart, you know, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, you know, they, they have such a servant's heart. Usually it means they don't have any other gifts or talents or abilities. Amen. But they're just, well, they have a servant's heart, you know. <laughs> that was me, you know, growing up in church. Well, do you play an instrument? No. Can you sing? Well, No. Uh, well, what can you do? And they're like, well, he has a servant's heart, you know. God bless him. He'll, he'll run the vacuum for you. He can't sing. He can't do anything in the church. But he has a servant's heart. And I remember hearing that growing up, you know, I'd run because I couldn't sing. I, had, I didn't have any gifts, talents, abilities. I was shy. I told you before I was so shy. I, I would not ever speak in public. Wouldn't do it. And so I was that one around the church that had the servant's heart. God bless you, you know. And so, what does it mean, though? In, in the original language, it means this, a brightness of heart and life. You know, how many of you heard, the, if, you've, if you've heard this saying, say it with me, and it is so true, and it's Bible, but man looks on the outward appearance, but what? God looks on the heart. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? But let me just say this. I can't see your heart. Can you see my heart? Honestly, can you see my heart? No. Now, God can see our hearts, and I'm so thankful for that. Amen? God sees our heart, and God sees the heart. And it's true, we'll say that, and it is because it's biblical. That man looks on the outward, but God sees the heart. But can I just emphasize something, and that is this, is that I cannot see your heart. And you cannot see my heart, and so the only thing that you can see is what I do. And what you do. Are you with me this morning? And so our life, that's why it says goodness, the definition is a brightness of heart and life. Now what I do believe is what's, on, what's going on in the heart will be manifested in life. Does that make sense? What's going on in the inside is eventually going to come out and it's going to be displayed in our life. Jesus said it like this. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. I... Uh, I work out at Retro Fitness, and uh, I didn't, all this time working out there, never had a clue that there was an apple tree sitting right out in front, right on the side, and I noticed now that there's a bunch of apples laying there on the ground. Now, I don't have to, you know, know a lot about trees, but I do know this, is once I start seeing all the apples falling on the ground, you know what? I said, oh, look, an apple tree. I'm so smart, aren't I? I had no clue what kind of tree it was and honestly didn't care. But now there's all these apples that have fallen on the ground. And, he, and here's the point. I had no clue what kind of tree that was. But when it started to manifest fruit, then I realized that's an apple tree. Do you understand that what the Bible is saying is that if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then we will be demonstrating goodness in our lives. That it's not only something that it would be said of us that they have a good heart, but the fact of the matter is 
that our actions will be what people see, our deeds. James chapter 2 says it like this, that faith without works is is dead, it's empty, it's, it's vain. And so we can say we're men and women of faith, or we can say that, if you will, we have a good heart, or we have the Holy Spirit within us, but here's the thing, the way it will be manifested is the way we live our lives. Would you agree with that? It's the way we live our lives. Now, if you were to go to good old Webster, Webster's Dictionary, he would say this, that goodness is the state or quality of being good. The state or quality of being good. Now, if you follow how I think, then I say, well, what does good mean? So then I flip the page over and look under G, under Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary says, good is this, to be morally excellent, to have great moral value. If you were to look up synonyms then of the word good, it means this, decency, honesty, integrity. There's a lot of other words that you could use. Admirable, fair, the word excellence comes to mind. And so when we think of this word good, he says you'll be filled with goodness. You'll be filled with with good. We have to, again, understand that it's not just something that's in our heart but it's something that's going to be displayed in our lives. And this is taught all through Scripture. I want to remind you of something, though, that if we have God's Spirit dwelling within us, if God is with us, if it is Emmanuel, God with us, one of the characteristics of God is that God is good. In fact, the psalmist says, we won't turn there, we won't put it up there, but many of you know it, there's songs Sung about it, but in Psalm 118.1 it says this, Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. The psalmist later says it again in this very same chapter, in Psalm 118, verse 29, he repeats himself again. He says, he says, Give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. I don't know about you, but I want to just pause for a moment and say this, that God is good. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. He is good. The Bible tells us that it's His goodness, it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. That God is good. He is so good to us. And the psalmist couldn't help but sing of the goodness of God. Now notice in Acts 10, verse 38, it says this. This was Jesus the Son of God, while He was here on earth. Listen to what it says. It says that He anointed Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? Will you say the next words with me? With the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is anointed. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. So what did it look like when Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and He had this power upon Him? Notice what it says that He did. And He went around doing... Can you say the next word with me? Can you say it again? Doing good. So when Jesus was filled with the Spirit, and he's anointed with the Holy Spirit, one of the things that the Bible says about him is he just went about doing good. And healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. So if God is with us, and the Spirit of God is dwelling within us, then what should be manifest in our lives? We should be doing good. Does that make sense? We should be good people. 
We should be demonstrating goodness. That was Jesus' reputation. People said of Jesus, just his reputation was, he just goes around doing good. He is a good guy. He is a good person doing good. What is our reputation like? At the office, at work, in the community? What's our reputation like? Jesus' reputation were, if you will, he was a good person. Now, I know there's all kinds of theological stuff here, and we could say there is no one good, there's only one that is good, and that's God. Amen? We know that. But when you come to the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is, and when you accept him as personal savior, and when he begins the transformational work in our lives, and when we're walking in his spirit, then and if, if God is good, that's a characteristic of, of God, and if Jesus, who is filled with the spirit, did good, then you understand something, that you and I then, there should be some good happening in our lives and through our lives, amen? We should be having impact. Now, very quickly, what does the, the Bible teach about this goodness? What is the purpose of goodness in the life of a, a follower of Christ? I think there's like three, three spiritual truths about goodness that I think are so important. Number one, it is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, which we already looked at here in Galatians 5. In verse 23, it says this, that there is no law. He says, against such, there is no law. I've always thought about what does that mean? What does it mean against such there is no law? What, what I've come to the conclusion, just through praying and thinking about this, and I don't know why it took me so long to come to this conclusion, but he says this. He says there's love, joy, peace, you know, goodness, kindness, all these things. He says there's this, this list of things, and he says against such there is no law. What I've come to the conclusion, what I believe is this, that there is no, you, there is, you, there is no spiritual law against these things. For example, if you lie, there's a spiritual law that lying is going to bring consequences. Stealing is going to bring consequences. Does that make sense? What I believe he's saying is this, is that when you do these things, when you're demonstrating these things, that there is no spiritual law against them, meaning this, there is no consequences that are going to happen because of what you're doing in in, in God's eyes. Does that make sense? In fact, we're going to see here in a moment, not only is there no consequences, there's actually blessing and reward and, 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 and later in life, in the eternal life, there's going to be blessing to come. But there is no consequences. You know, I've heard this saying my whole life, and I mean, we all kind of ex- experienced it, but it's kind of a lie from the devil. My dad said it all the time. He'd always say this, no good deed goes unpunished. How many of you have ever heard that? Well, according to the word of God, there is no spiritual law. There is no consequences for doing good. Now, we understand what that means. Usually, you go out of your way and you do something. Somehow, some way, you're like, man, now all hell broke loose. You know what I mean? I, I pulled over to help this person. Now, I got myself into a bigger mess, you know? We've all been there, done that. And, you know, we've heard this saying, you know, uh, no good deed goes unpunished. Can I, say, can I say that is a lie from the devil? But can I say this? No good deed goes unrewarded by our Heavenly Father. There will be a heavenly reward. Jesus says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. How do we do that? I can tell you one thing is just by 
being kind and doing good and being a blessing to other people. Here's the second spiritual truth about this this word goodness that we find in Scripture. Just across the page in Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10, notice what the Bible says in Galatians 6. He says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So whatever you plant, whatever seed you sow, you're going to reap. He says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. But notice what he says. I love this. And let us not become weary in doing. Can you say the next word with me? Good. He says, don't get tired. Don't get weary in doing good. For at the proper time, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Understand this. Another spiritual truth about this goodness is this, is that you will reap what you sow. If you plant goodness, it will come back to you. And if you try, listen to me, I find it interesting. Paul says, don't get tired of doing good. Can I tell you something? Doing the right thing can be exhausting sometimes. Doing good is exhausting. Have you ever noticed that trying to help people and doing good is never convenient? Have you ever noticed that? It takes work. It takes sacrifice. To do the right thing and to do good, it is exhausting. But he says, listen, I promise you, it's a promise from God. You will reap what you sow. And when you do good, in the the name of Christ, when you do good, you are planting eternal seeds that will last for all eternity. And he says, you are sowing into eternity. And he says, listen, if you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But when you sow in the Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you do good even when you don't want to do good, and when you help people even when you don't want to help people, but you say it's the right thing to do and I want to do this for the glory of God, can I tell you something? You are planting eternal seeds. It's a promise from God. And he says, listen, don't get weary. Don't get tired of doing good. There are times we get exhausted in doing good. And he says, don't quit. Keep doing good. You know, Noah was called to build the ark. And from what I've studied, it took many years to build that ark. From the time that Noah got the instructions from the Lord to the time that he entered into the ark, it was 120 years. Most likely, Noah was building that ark, I believe, during that duration. 120 years he built that ark. Do you ever think he got tired of building the ark? <laughs> Some of us get tired of school. Some of you are starting your freshman year of college, you know, and you're like, four more years. That's what we say about presidents. Four more years. Four more, three more, two more. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I've been saying that a lot lately. (laughs) Lord, help us. We've been saying it for like 16 now, right? You know, four more years and four more years and four more years. You know, we've been saying it forever. Next one, the next one. Can I just tell you our hope is God, amen? (laughs) If we're putting our trust in, in some man, we're in big trouble. It's the Lord Jesus. That's who we need. Amen. That's who this world needs. 120 years he built that thing. 
I'm sure he got tired and exhausted and wore out. Maybe even his own family and even his kids. Could you imagine his kids? There's a whole lot, of, lot to this, but he was building that ark for 20 years before his kids were born. And then Shem, Ham, and Japheth come along and they just thought, of all the families to be born into, we got to be born into the guy who's building the ark. You know, when some of, as they got older, so what are you going to do with your life? What's your career, ark building? What are you going to do, build an ark? Build an ark for what? You know, when it rains. <laughs> rain doesn't rain. Kooky, crazy. Oh, you wanted the Noahites or whatever they called them back then. You know, I don't know. But you will reap if you don't quit. Noah is faithful, amen? And he was obedient and he built the ark. And you and I are here today as a testimony that he was faithful and he didn't quit and he sowed those seeds. Here's the third truth about doing good and I think this is the most important because, you know, sometimes we'll say, well, you know, you reap what you sow, so I'm going to do good so good comes back. And we can kind of, let's be honest, sometimes we can be selfish about it. Well, I'm going to do all these things so good comes back. And by the way, it is a spiritual law, like gravity is a physical law. What goes up comes down. What you sow, you will reap. And the Bible says God will not be mocked. God's word is true. The, the seeds you plant will come back to you. What goes around comes around. I believe that. I truly believe that. I'm amazed at these spiritual laws. You know, even just cool things like... My neighbors right next to us, I mow their yard and I've been mowing it for them and they own the house and then they live uh, up, in U- up in northern Utah and we, I just, just did it. I'm just like, hey, you know, they're not around, I'm going to mow their grass. So we mow their grass for them. They never ask us, we just do it. We're just trying to do good, be kind, be a good neighbor. And they're like, hey, can we pay you? No, don't worry about it, we got it. Our yards are connected, we'll, we'll take care of it, don't worry about it. Well, all of a sudden, my sprinkler has issues. My sprinkler breaks down, and it was leaking, and we had to shut it all down. He came up last night, in the middle of the night, he's out there, like 9 o'clock, looking. He goes, listen, you've been mowing my grass and taking care of our yard and watching over property and making sure when their girls stay there, they're fine. He says, you know what, I'm going to come and fix it. I'm just going to, whatever it takes, I'm going to fix it. What goes around, comes around. And I don't want to be the one fixing it. (laughs) All of of Cedar City will be out of water. They'll just be like... (sighs) Kids will be out there jumping in a sprinkler. We got a sprinkler! The whole neighborhood, hey, look! Pastor Joe's house, there's a sprinkler! You know, just... There'll be no water pressure. There'll be no water. Trust me, you don't want me touching the plumbing. (laughs) Amen. Matthew 5, 16, and I'm finished. This is the main reason why we do good. In the same way, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds or your good works. He says that they may see the good that you do and do what? And glorify your Father in heaven. The reason why we as followers of Christ should be doing good Good deeds and good things is it brings honor and glory to God. Jesus says, you're bringing glory to the heavenly father. He says, let your light shine. 
How do we let our light shine? It's interesting, by doing good things for people. He says that they may see your good deeds, and the result is this, that they too will glorify our Father in heaven. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, he says, In whatever you eat, or whatever you drink, or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Whether we sing, whether we teach, whether we preach, whether we have that servant's heart, amen, we do it for the glory of God. Everything that we do is for God's glory. And every good thing that we do is to bring honor and glory to God. You say, what does it mean? What does it mean to to glorify God? What does it mean? What does that mean? To put it in the most simplest sense, it means this, to make God look good. Because God is good. What's sad is this, is that many Christians do not, I'm not trying to be mean here. You even heard of a story this morning about a person who's kind of been hurt by Christians. Sometimes Christians do not make God look good. In fact, they make God look bad. And what Jesus said is in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you let your light shine and you do good things. And you are kind and loving and all the things that we're speaking of in this series on the fruit of the Spirit, he says, so that people will say that God is good. That people will look to the Heavenly Father and say, there is a God in heaven. So that they will glorify God. Everything that we do, we do for the glory of God. I want to glorify God in everything that I do. That is my prayer. And that should be your prayer. Last passage, Romans 15, 14. Notice what Paul says of this church. I love this. He says, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of of goodness. Notice that. Full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. He said of the church there in Rome, he says, I am convinced that you are full of goodness. How do you think Paul knew that they were full of goodness? How do you think he knew that? Because there was a reputation that the Christians in Rome were doing good things. Amen? You see, the number one purpose for why we do the things that we do as a follower of Jesus Christ is to bring honor and glory to God. Not to honor ourselves, not to glorify ourselves, not to promote ourselves, but to promote the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? To lift him up, to honor him, to glorify him, to bring honor and glory to him. May we, may we go about doing good. Amen? If we do this, then others we'll see that God is good. We serve such a good God, don't we? We serve such a good God. He is so good. And it is our job. It is our job. He left us here to let, so that we can point people to him. That's why we're here. Let's stand together and have a word of prayer this morning.